Welcome to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary and this is episode 47. Today we talk with G.S. Jerry, the author of Meth, Murder, and Amazon about the process of self-publishing and getting your story out into the world. Let's get started. But before we get started, let me give you a plug from O'Leary Publishing to hop on over to O'LearyPublishing.com and download our free publishing guide called The Influencer's Path to Successful Publishing. This is our gift to you to share with you how to get your idea mapped out into a manuscript and out into the world in publication format. So download that today at O'LearyPublishing.com our gift to you, or you can pick up your copy on Amazon for $8.99. You can just search for the Influencer's Path to Successful Publishing. The link is here in the show notes. Welcome to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary, and I'm super excited today. We have a brand new author on, G.S. Jerry, who reached out to us about being a guest on our show, which if you're an author and you'd like to be on our show, you can sign up on our website and we'd love to be on uh, together talking with you about your process of writing and publishing your book. His book, Meth, Murder, and Amazon, uh, is up on Amazon for sale. It's his first book. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. So glad to be here with us today. So I'm curious to know a little bit about you and who you are. Tell me what your writing is, what your day job is. Yeah, yes. So my name is G.S. Jerry. Um, you know, my name, is, my nickname's kind of been Jerry since, you know, I can't remember my dad was, was Jerry. So I thought that was, you know, a logical step to having a pen name. I also do a lot of work for customers, you know, Fortune 500 customers, uh, see a lot of their compliance and their cybersecurity reports. So I didn't want people to be like, hey, this guy's doing my report. This guy's looking at my compliance and, you know, He's used the meth and making meth and murdering people. So I tried to keep it separate. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where the GS theory comes from. Uh, the GS is actually in the book. It's one line in there. So it's kind of an inside joke. Uh, uh, if you find it, you know, reach out and let me know. So GS Jerry is a pen name, which is interesting because we've had authors come to us before who want to write in a pen name. One specifically who I'm sure listens to this podcast, and I won't name him, <laughs> but uh, he was writing a story, which is a lot about his personal transformation and to lend credibility to what he was sharing because he was kind of taking people on this life transformation. I'm like, you kind of need to tell us like who you really are, you know? So I can see why in your case, writing both the pen name makes absolutely clear sense to keep your two worlds distinct. So- absolutely. So it's interesting when, um, when I first saw your book, I thought it was a novel fiction. And then upon digging a little further, I was like, this is real. This is a real story. So, uh, this is a real crazy story. And I didn't read the entire story yet. And I don't expect you to give any spoilers here, but tell me a little bit about your story and how this book came to be. Yeah, so um, you know, back in 20, 2019, I I was trying to sell my house. That's essentially what it is. You know, me and my family have four kids, so we have a fifth on the way. Um, and so we were, you know, had our house up for sale. And it's essentially, you know, the, the world's most craziest first time home selling experience. What's the worst thing that could possibly happen? Murphy's Law, it essentially happens, right? And so I actually get accused of 
murder. Um, I actually get accused of murdering one of my children. Um, I get accused of making meth in my garage, like Heisenberg, a few days later. I actually worked at Amazon at the time. So that's kind of how, you know, the meth murder at Amazon kind of plays in. And so the story kind of goes along. Uh, it's a seller's market back in 2019 um, where I was located at. And sort of like, hey, your house should be on the market for 30 days. I'm like, all right, great. 30 days turned into 60 days, turned into 90 days, turned into, you know, six months. How many real estate agents would you think would it take to sell a house, right? Usually everybody's like, oh, it should only take one. No, it doesn't take one. Sometimes it takes more than one, sometimes more than two. And so that's kind of essentially what happened. So I wanted to kind of tell my story and I was like, I want to do this different, right? I feel like everybody has crazy stories. Like sometimes life is stranger than fiction. And I feel like this is the exact case, right? Like I couldn't make this up if I tried. <laughs> so give us a little bit of the, how it started. How the story started or, or how I started writing? Yeah, how the story started. Like, how did you open the book up and grab the reader initially? Um, so I basically started out and I wanted to, you know, say, hey, once upon a time and then be like, yeah, right, get out of here, right? Like, we're, this is not that kind of story. So kind of just to throw them off, like, hey, you, you kind of know what you're about to get in for because I'm going to basically do something completely different. Um, so I say, hey, you know, before we get to the method murder, we have to start at the beginning, the very beginning. Um, and then, you know, I say once upon a time, um, and I say, yeah, right. So I'm like, you know, hey, this isn't a once upon a time story. Um, this is something else. And so the opening scene is? Uh, so the opening scene is actually just kind of introducing uh, my, my family, myself, um, you know, hey, went in a different way. So, you know, made me think of, you know, whenever they have, uh, sporting events, right? They introduce the starting lineup for basketball teams, right? The announcer gets on and he announces them. That's kind of what I was going for there. So I introduced the starting lineup, which is my family. Um, all the people in it are real. They just have really crazy names. And so that's kind of what, you know, my thing is, I think I, character names are pretty funny. Um, they're easy relatable. And so that's kind of, you know, I just kind of took the funny names and ran with them. You know, so your, your experience as a homeless seller in the state of Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Florida. Was a now. little bit was a little bit crazy. So tell us what happened with the murder and the meth and a little bit of the backstory. <laughs> you don't have to give the whole story okay. because people are going to want to read the story. But Absolutely. as you said, truth can be stranger than fiction, and in this case, it certainly is. Yeah, and so it kind of started out. You know, I had a my first real estate agent. He is actually the guy who sold me the house. So we had a relationship and I was like, hey, you should just come sell this house, right? This is crazy seller's market, should be no problem. It's like, sure, absolutely, of course I'll sell your house. And so it starts in May, I'm like, hey, we need to declutter the house. And so, you know, you gotta throw away everything, scrub everything, clean everything, um, get everything ready, come take pictures, right? Pictures is a whole nother event, get ready for that. And then we get ready to list and then, you know, my real estate agent all of a sudden, he starts going quiet on me. We, we go to, you know, have open houses. We go to have offers. He doesn't answer. He doesn't show up. Um, you know, he basically just is completely non-responsive for hours at a time. We're in Colorado looking at houses in Colorado Springs because um, we wanted to sell this house and move to Colorado Springs. That was the original plan. Well, we found our houses there, went to go put offers in non-responsive, doesn't put the offers in. I'm like, what the heck's going on? Like, this guy's never been like this. I have no idea. Come to find out, he doesn't even live in Colorado. He has moved out of the state, not doing his job, makes all these promises. Hey, we're going to do this. And that doesn't happen. So the 
real estate agent that he had in Colorado assigns us. I'm talking to her while we're looking at houses and I'm like, Hey, what's going on with this guy? She's like, Oh, you didn't know. He actually doesn't live here anymore. He lives in another state. I'm like, Oh, really? He, he think he would mention that, right? That'd be kind of important detail to know. So I confront him about, it. I'm like, Hey, you're not living here. He's like, Oh, well, I mean, I have a house in this other place, but like, I'm there, like I'm there. I'm like, I'll give this guy one more shot. He's like, hey, I'm going to send out flyers to the neighboring, you know, surrounding areas, you know, get more exposure to your house. Well, you know, hey, they're supposed to go out on Friday. Well, then it's next Friday. Then it's next Thursday. Right. And just keep pushing out, keep pushing out. Right. So he's completely unreliable. I'm like, all right, enough of this. Like, it's been 30 plus days. The house was supposed to sell and it hasn't sold. I'm going to go to the lady who has been showing houses in the spring. We build a relationship and I've seen my kids and stuff. So I'm like, hey, this is an easy transition. I already know this lady. So I'm just going to switch over to her and say, hey, you know, thanks for know your time. I appreciate what you've done for me in the past, but this isn't working. I need to sell my house. I can't be here forever. That's where the meth and the murder happens. Go to this new lady. And, you know, she's been in my house many times. She's seen my family many times. Uh, you know, we've built a relationship with her. And so we actually, um, during this time, my, my mom gets sick and, you know, we found out that she has, you know, early stage cancer. So I was like, hey, we're going to go down to Florida to go visit my mom. We go down there. Uh, it's supposed to be an open house one day. And all of a sudden, uh, it's like Saturday and I got a call on my phone. She calls me and she's freaking out. She's like, Jerry, Jerry, do you know that someone's inside your house? I'm like, what? Excuse me? She's like, yes, there's someone inside your house and they're hiding under the bed. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, they're, they're under the bed and they're hiding. And she's like, they're not supposed to be there, right? There's no one supposed to be here. I was like, no, there's absolutely not supposed to be anybody there. So it's actually my real estate agent. She's there with another lady. I didn't know this at the time, but they see the body, the body under the bed, cover their mouth, run out the house. Don't ask anything. See a leg, run out. So naturally I must've murdered somebody. That's, that must be the ultimate conclusion. Body under the bed, Jerry's a murderer. So I'm like, what? Call the cops with me. Kid you not. Uh, cops show up. I have to talk to the cops. Um, he searched the house, you know, is there a body? Is there not? Don't want to give it away, but, uh, you know, that happens. So lose the open house. Um, you know, we go a few days later and then all of a sudden she's like, Hey, we have a meeting, you know, with a meeting of the minds at our real estate firm. And we smelled something funny in your garage. It smelled like burning plastic. I was like, well, that's very strange. It's like plastic burning. Was there something burning in the garage? They're like, no, you have this little orange Gatorade container. There's something caught on fire. And so burning plastic means that you're making meth. And so we think that meth could be made on your premises. Someone could be smoking meth. So we're going to need you to get a meth test done, or we're going to flag your house in the MLS for suspicious behavior. I was like, oh, you are? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, you can't just all of a sudden say that I'm making meth with no proof. Like there's a tiny, like it's a two car garage, you completely open it. Like this, it's not a you know mansion or anything, but it's a nice house. And so I'm like, this is not a meth house. Like, where are you coming up with this? And so I ended up firing her. And I'm like, after this, all this happened, I was like, you know what? I should tell the news about this. The news would love this, right? And so they're like, hey, I'm going to get my, my vengeance in the public, the court of public opinion. Go tell the news. Totally backfires. Doesn't work out. My real estate agent number three at the time. They uh, actually do the interview and they have the new real estate agent sign in the very first frame of the photo. So they, they do the shot, right? My real estate, my current real estate agent sign, not the old one. Um, they go and interview my old real estate agent in the article online as well is the picture of the house with my new real estate agent sign is. And so do the interview at like nine o'clock, 8 a.m. the next morning, my real estate agent is like blowing my phone up. Jerry, what did you do? 
She's like, people are calling me, calling the most nastiest names, saying like, how could I do this to you guys? So I was like, what are you talking about? It literally names the other real estate agents in there. And she's like, people aren't reading the article. All they see is my sign with my phone number. And they're completely like going off of me. You have got to stop this. So I was like, oh no. <laughs> so even when I'm trying to like, hey, you know, like right or wrong is what I'm thinking. And it just completely backfires. So oh, luckily, my goodness. yeah. <laughs> you know what? You've got a big smile on your face and you're telling you with humor and that's how you get through some stuff in life that is not so palatable, I've found, yes. is to sort of see the humor and the stuff that is like you want to have a friend that would say choke choke your neck like a chicken, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she used no, to always I mean, say that, you know, when, when her kids were little and um, you, you can't make this stuff up so yeah, yeah I mean when it was happening I was oh, I was not laughing no no not at all but I was like this is crazy and she's like well Colorado is the basically the meth capital of you know the United States it's a pandemic here essentially so if we think that there's any chance that there's been meth anywhere on the premises we can do that you can't do anything about it and I was like no way that's not that's not a thing sure enough my next real estate agent is like yep that's the thing if they even suspect that there's a possibility or they want to be jerks that's what they're going to do it's like yeah with me and my four kids and she's been in my house like 25 times like all, all of a sudden like come on it's a beard yeah i, I did have a beard it could, it could be the tattoos too um you know i feel like perception is i'm not reality, laughing right? i'm not laughing at your at your, your no, trauma but you know it's funny how um so many dots that are random and unconnected you know our brain tries to connect to make sense and in that case they're connecting all the wrong dots and putting it in all the wrong spaces and you're the one who's getting all tangled up right yeah it's like everybody's perception is their reality and so they don't stop to think like hey is is this actually like possible could this person actually do that oh oh no there's there's a leg under the bed oh he must have killed somebody what how, how is that? Where do we go from eight all the way to Z? Like what happened in the middle of there? How, do, how is that the only possibility? That's yeah, that's crazy. So, so you eventually sold the house. Yes. I, yes. I eventually yeah, sold you're the not house. In prison. You're not wearing like an orange jumpsuit or anything. So that's good news. Yes. And yes. you decided to turn the horror into a story <laughs> that's true yes. and share it with humor um, I did read some of the way you write um, in your prose is very, um, it's humorous. The way you tell things is very relatable, very um, sort of just real. Yeah. And uh, I think it's, it's very readable. Um, so it's only 2022 right now. And this happened in 2019, did you say? Yeah, yeah 2019. So, um, it was July. 20, 2019 yeah so it's almost been three years now we were on uh yeah the meth and the murder happened in july um but we started the process in may so like big cluttering cleaning out the house all that stuff uh, but then people don't realize like hey oh should be easy right i'm just gonna switch agents all i have to do is sign paperwork oh no that is not the process that's not how it works they can't reuse any of your photos they can't reuse any of anything so they the new real estate agent has to come in and take all new photos they have different requirements. This this lady wanted to do staging. I'm like, what's that? Never had to do staging before. They're like, hey, you have to clean and move everything around. And then, oh, the stager comes and is like completely undoes everything that she did. So I'm like, why did I just waste four days cleaning the house and moving everything in a specific position for you to come in here and just completely flip it upside down? So I'm like, just ridiculous. 
Oh gosh, real estate, you know, that's one of those hot topics, especially here in Florida. And I think everybody and their grandmother's got a real estate license. Um, and I've often thought, should I get a real estate license? But hearing these kinds of stories makes me realize like, I don't want one. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and I'm, definitely, I'm definitely in the right profession for me. Um, you know, so. Absolutely. So as, as your story unfolded and as you walked through the process, you know, in retrospect, you sort of saw like, this is crazy and I'm going to write a book. But when did that moment happen for you where you thought, you know, I'm going to write a book because the large majority of people aren't thinking, you know, I'm going to write a book, right? Right. Um, yeah. So, so how did you even come up with that idea for yourself? So it actually was in the almost towards the end when it happened, I was talking to one of my friends. I was like, you know what? I should just write a book about this, like meth murder and Amazon. Like, what what more funny title? Like everybody knows Amazon, right? How does meth and murder connect to that? And so I was like, this could be a funny book. And I was like, yeah, I'll write it. And then, you know, this was 2019. And then it just kind of sat there. Um, for my job, I do a lot of report writing. I, I write a lot of compliance reports. And so um, in 2021, I had to do a report and I was very many pages, like 700 pages. And after I got done, I was like, hey, I just wrote a novel. I have this story. I'm just going to write it. So that's what I did. I just I was like, hey, I got done with this project. I'm done with it. I should just write this book. And so it kind of just started out as an inside joke. And the more and more I wrote, the more I'm like, this this is kind of fun. Like, I like this. So and so I kept writing. And I felt like the, the more I wrote, the more actually I got better at it. So I found like, you know, kind of how to do it towards the end, then kind of go backwards and, you know, fix up the, the beginning. So when you started writing, did you map out a plan for yourself? Did you start with a blank screen and just start kind of letting things come out? What was your process? Yeah, so my process was I have my I, I have my phone pretty often. You know, I'm, I have I have you know everybody pretty much has their phone all the time, and so I, I just kind of started out with like, hey, Metburn Amazon already got the title. How can I kind of work this out and so I started coming up with hey should I include the the interview right do I want to tell people that because the interview still out there like you can go find the online article in Colorado um and so I was like hey I don't want people to find this and then be like oh this guy is murdering people and he's making meth so I was like hey try and keep that separate and then I was like I actually wasn't going to include it at all and then I had a friend that I told the story he's like no you have to include that and so I actually wrote the whole thing on my phone to start with and then after I got done, I found this uh, program called Scrivener. And I was like, why have I not heard of this? Like this would have made this so much easier. So I had it all on my phone, had people read it, then I uploaded it to Scrivener and then I kind of edited from there. But I initially wrote everything on my uh, my phone, which looking back is probably not the best idea, right? Like you're like looking down, like type and type and type. And, but at the same time, like I drive around all the time and I'll, I'll see something, right? And I'll be like, oh, what about this? And so I got to write it down. And so uh -huh. everything's a new idea, right? Oh, how can I use this? Or hey, if the kid said something, that would be a really funny character name. And so I'll just write character names down. And so I have like a bank of characters, um, additional characters that I didn't use and just stuff like that. So how long did it take you from the time you started until you completed your manuscript? So I started October 1st of last year and I was done with the manuscript in January and did some editing all the way through January and February. So about three months, three, four months, give or take. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's totally a doable timeline. It's interesting when we talk with new authors, you know, people kind of fall in one of two buckets when we talk to them. It's, I have an idea you know, and they don't know how to map it out. And so we kind of start from scratch, like mapping out the table of contents and 
how it's going to work and what's the flow going to be. Because some people can't even, they're so in their story, they can't zoom up and kind of see what's the arc, how is it going to work. And some people come and they've got a manuscript already written, you know. Yeah. And then we work with the editorial process. But, you know, it's it's very interesting because when you really get into the creative process, it doesn't take that long. No, there are people who, you know, we have an author currently who's been working on a book for 10 years, but at the time he was in another profession, you know, it was something that was like toying with on the side and the story was still in process and evolving. So it wasn't something he's actively like, I'm committed, I'm going to publish this. But I think once you make that decision, you know, and you decide I'm writing this, hell, you wrote the whole thing on your phone. Right. Yeah. Crazy, right? It so, is, yeah. yeah that's why sometimes at the end of the day, my thumbs are tired. Do you ever have that? You're like, oh, oh yeah, God. the thumbs are tired or your neck's tired. You're like constantly looking down and you're like, oh, how's my neck hurt today? Yeah. <laughs> so from the, from, this, from the time when you had your manuscript on your phone, did you write it in your notes app or where did you write it on your phone? Uh, yeah, I wrote it on my notes app. Then I would save it to like my Google Drive and then I would email it to myself so I at least had it in a central location in case my phone crashed. I'm like, I don't want to do all this work and lose all this and have to rewrite it. So I would do some work, write it, and then I would upload it and I would do some more and then write it. And then I would like have my wife read it and be like, hey, how does this sound? Like, this is supposed to be crazy, right? So like, just stick with me here. And so she's like, oh, this is hilarious. Like, what? I don't even know what you're doing, but this is really funny. And so like me and my wife like to work out. And so her name is Sergeant Shredded in the book. So that's kind of where that came from, comes from. So just funny little like quirks like that inside jokes about our family. But there's also like a lot of um, like cultural references, movie references, uh, kids movies. I, I have four kids, so we watch a lot of kids movies, obviously. Uh, but there's other like, you know, other adult humor in there as well. So that's awesome. So your wife was your partner in crime with your manuscript yeah. writing. <laughs> yeah, no, no pun intended. No pun intended, that's for sure. So then from that point on, and then you said you found Scrivener, um, which is a great program. And, you know, there's lots of tools out there um, for authors to use to get published or to, you know, work with their manuscript and all of that. And so anyways, um, you then transferred it into there. And then how did that process work for you from that point? So when I got it into Scrivener, uh, that's whenever I was like, all right, this is going to be my editing. And like, I looked around and I was like, editors are expensive. Like, I did not realize like how expensive certain things were as part of the writing process. I like reached out to friends. I was like, hey, why don't you proofread this for me? Like, tell me if it sucks, right? Like, if I'm writing this and this is terrible, just tell me now. Like, don't make me waste my time or make myself look stupid. And so like, I had people read it and they're like, this is really funny. Like, you should definitely keep going. And so I just kept going and then I got to Scrivener and, and that's where kind of I did all my editing and, you know, uh, uplifted a little bit, added some things, but then I can actually like, hey, read this on the computer. Don't look at it from like a little tiny screen. And then I was also able to put like evidence and, and photos and other things in there. So there's a legitimate family photos. Those are photos of my family. There's actually a police report in there. Uh, so there's, there's little goodies inside. So it's funny because um, in the process of editing, what you said is, you know, as someone who does publishing work for other people, um, yeah, part of the cost of getting a book done, a a large portion of it is editorial. Not everybody has friends who will just kind of chip in and read for them or have the skills to do that or whatever. But, you know, it's so important to, uh, you know, to stress that, you know, it is good to have other eyes on it. So it's great that in the process, you know, we don't bury ourselves into a hole or into a closet and then come out and, you know, say we've got a book. It's, it's 
a back and forth conversation, yeah. whether that's with your wife or a friend or your editor or, you know, whatever. So did you have someone do your final like proofreading for you? Oh, uh, no, it's just kind of me and the family kind of read it together. Um, you know, I actually was kind of torn between should I do a professional editor or not because the way I write and what I was trying to accomplish, is, there's just nothing out there like it. Like, so why why would I have someone edit it if they don't even know what I'm going after, right? Like, you're going to read this and be like, I've never read anything like this before. How do you, like, how do you edit that or how do you critique that? And so I was trying to do something different and I felt like that kind of would play against me if I went and had someone edit it. They're like, hey, you know, the writing has rules. And I was like, but why? Like, you don't need to have rules. We don't talk in, you know, quote unquote, correct statements or correct pattern of discussions, right? There are tons of run-on sentences. So why couldn't you write a book like that? And so that's kind of what I did and try to make it more of like a conversation that we're having versus like you're reading a book. Yeah. And you know, it's, I would say, and, and granted, I hope Boris, who might be listening to this, who's one of our proofreaders, you know, he, he has a whole style guide and we have, you know, we go by certain rules for sure. Um, but writing is very much art as well, right? So if you're looking at a blank canvas, you know, maybe there's techniques and things that, you know, if you were going to take an art class that the artist might say, you know, the artist instructor might say, try this or that. But ultimately, the artist comes up with whatever they come out. So Jackson Pollock, right? Like, who would have thought, like, you could take paint and, you know, like, I don't yeah. understand it, but like, exactly. some people pay millions of dollars for that kind of art, you know? So yeah. um, the most, you know, the most important thing about writing and about publishing is that the author, and I, we say this to all of our authors, that that they get the book that they want to have, you know, that we don't superimpose on somebody a stylistic feeling that is unrepresentative of who they are, right? Or there's ways that we kind of say, well, it kind of, the book might flow better if it was organized in this fashion. And the author always has the right to say like, yeah, but I don't really want it to be that way. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of the nice thing. Um, with working in the independent publishing world is you get more say over your stuff. So, you know, we've talked on this podcast many times about the various ways in, in the independent publishing tracks, you know, you did, you took self-publishing, um, you know, you took the bull by the horns and you obviously have a lot of tech skills, you know, you had the support system in place, you knew how to utilize the tools that were available and you were able to do your book yourself which, you know, I did for my very first book. I wrote my first book in 2012. And at that time, I, I really didn't know anything about the publishing industry. And so I went to a, a large <laughs> traditional publisher conference about how to get published. And the whole eight-hour session with the CEO and some of their best-selling authors up on stage was build your platform. <laughs> that was like, that was yeah. the sum total of what I learned from that experience. And I thought, well, but I just, I already wrote the book. Like I want the book at that time. It was to help me build a life coaching practice, which is what I was doing then. And um, I was like, well, if I build my platform first, why would I just hand it over to somebody else to sell? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, and um, you know, so there's lots of ways to, to circumvent traditional publishing if you don't qualify, which most people don't. And, you know, if you have the skills and you have the ability to project manage and source the help that you need and, you know, pay for the pieces of the puzzle or do it yourself, it's really very affordable to do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it definitely is. I feel like it's difficult though, when you're starting out, right? Like I never published a book before, so you don't know what you don't know. And so you're like, Hey, 
Google's my friend or the internet's my friend, right? There's so much available information out there that you know, you're gonna have to look for it, but you'll find what you're looking for. Uh, I feel like the difficult part is the marketing side of it, right? Because once you write the book, you're like, ah, oh, it's it, I'm done, right? It's gonna sell itself sell a million copies, and that's just not the reality of it. And so I think people need that. I am realistic so glad to hear you say that because that is really the truth. It's I, I equate it many times. You'll laugh because you have four children. I have three children. I say it's like getting pregnant and carrying a baby for nine months is fairly easy. It's once you have the baby in the world and screaming, getting up at night, that that's when the real work starts. So right. yeah, getting sleep, the book sleep done. Deprived. Yeah. So the nine months to get your book done and, you know, have your cute little baby and everybody to say, wow, so cute. Look at myth, murder and Amazon. It's adorable. And then now, you, now it's screaming every night at you. Like, help me. <laughs> right. Like what, what do I need to do today? What can I work on? And so like, I feel like there's so much information out there too, that it sometimes can be a discouragement because people are like, Hey, you should do it this way. And then this other person says, no, you should do it that way. And so everybody has conflicting opinions on how you should do it. Well, this worked for this person, that worked for that person. Right. They can basically just say, say like, there's just no approach that's going to just work every time. Everybody's book's going to be different. Um, so do what works for you, right? Like try something out. If it doesn't work out, well, don't go do that again and waste your money, right? Go, go spend your money somewhere else. So try and, you know, target where you want to spend it or the resources you want to use. So you're not just like put all your eggs in one basket. So true. So let me ask, and we'll, we'll wrap it up with some book marketing tips maybe, but with, um, with your book and things that you've tried, what have you found has been the most successful for you? So the most beautiful thing I, is for me is just keep going, like keep looking for new opportunities, right? Like podcasts is like, I haven't been on many podcasts before this. I, I do a lot of interviews for work. So I have a lot of people skills, a lot of interview skills, but I've never done podcasts in, you know, any real world situation. So, you know, certainly keep going, keep looking for things, right? Like if, uh, you know, you, people are like, hey, use social media to your advantage. Well, I feel like I always get blocked on social media because they don't like meth and murder together. They're like, oh, no, we, we, that's that's not appropriate content. So I get blocked every time. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to use that platform. If they're going to keep blocking them, we'll go use something else. And so you just kind of trial and error. I feel like it's almost like cooking. Like, hey, not everybody's a, a chef. But you, you mean know, cooking cooking's... mess or just cooking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just regular cooking, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, on my website, I actually have a, a meth lab creations tab and it's all my my past cooks, which is actually real food. So I'm actually a pretty good chef. Uh, I make lots of food here at the house. Um, so it's, it's funny they called me, you know, making meth, but not, not that kind of meth. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That could be your next book. It's a cookbook, Making Meth, um, aka Food in the Kitchen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There, you know, it's funny is like I have this story, but there's so many other crazy ones like in that house I had uh, like uh, went to go finish my basement, you know, seems some similar situation should be a normal thing, right? Well, there's a lot of shady contractors out there. And so I ended up having to hire a whole bunch of contractors. One guy ended up being in a halfway house and to pay his people. So I had to go in there and finish drywalling the whole basement. I've never even done drywall before. So I'm like basically learning on the fly just again, like it feels like Murphy's law with most of my life. Like if the craziest things happen, like if it can't happen, it's going to happen. So like That's should funny. be a month to finish your basement. Turns out to be a nine month adventure. So that is funny. Well, you know, it's been very great to have you on the podcast. I'm, you know, excited for you to have your book out into the world, you know, as someone who started off as a first book, self-published author, you know, my hat's off to you for taking the 
bull by the horn and making it happen yourself, um, you know, and along the way, um, getting advice and help from your wife and your friends and now getting out there and marketing it. It's all very admirable. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very and, much for having me on. You're welcome. And so where's the best place for people to find you online? Uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. I have a website. Uh, you know, my character in the book is Mr. Greg. Uh, so I have a website, greekden.com. And, you know, that's Tony the Tiger. Hey, it's it's great. You know, it's kind of a spin on that. You know, it's Greg Den. Um, so that's where and you can find spelled, me. And that's spelled G-R-A-K-E-D-E-N. And that will be in the show notes. So you can get over and check them out online, reach out on LinkedIn. And um, what what would you say for someone who's thinking that, you know, I've got a story, I've got some crazy things that have happened to me too, you know, I should write a book, what would be your advice to them? Why not just do it? Like, the only thing stopping you is you. And I feel like if you're going to be a writer or anything like this, like you got to have thick skin. So are, is everybody going to love whatever you're going to write? Absolutely not. But that's kind of the point of books. There's so many different genres, and right? Just because someone doesn't like one thing doesn't mean they're not going to like something else. So hey, if you're funny, be funny. Like, don't be something that you're not, I would say is the best advice I can give. Like, I feel like I usually like to joke around and kid around. So go with humor. I feel like I'm good at that. Am I going to ever write a serious book? Probably not. If, I feel like if I wrote a serious book, I'd call it like, why so serious? It would just not be serious at all. <laughs> That's great advice. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, stay tuned for what we have next. And I uh, make sure to check you out online at greekdone.com. Have a great day, awesome. everyone. Thanks. And that wraps up another episode of the I'm Booked podcast. I had a great time talking to GS Jerry after we stopped the recording. We chatted about publishing and marketing and kids and books turning into movies and all sorts of interesting things. And one thing I love about the publishing industry is you can meet so many new and interesting people and find out how they're getting their work out into the world and how we can support one another. So I hope that you'll take the time to visit his website. His link is in the show notes. I hope you'll take the time to download our publishing guide, The Influencer's Path to Successful Publishing. That was a tongue twister. And when you're on our homepage, you will find right now, and I mean today, a pitch the publisher session is available. We are in an open submission season where we are onboarding new authors for our 2022-2023 season. And you can secure a 15-minute conversation with me to pitch your idea and hear what that publishing experience could look like for you. So if you have been sitting on the sidelines waiting for your opportunity, I guarantee this is it. So visit us at O'LearyPublishing.com. Grab a spot before the pitch the publisher closes for the season. Have a great day. And thank you again to GS Jerry for reaching out and being on the podcast. Have a great day.